it meant anything goes. Anyone could die, anyone could fall in love, anyone could die, anyone could fall in love, anyone could die, anyone could die. Agent Apocalypse. Concept was so cool. Agent Apocalypse. Concept was so cool. People couldn't believe it. They had to believe it. People couldn't believe it. They had to believe it. Days of Future Cast, the podcast where we have gone into an alternate reality and come back with edgier versions of ourselves so that we can talk about the age of apocalypse. Long-haired Gary, how are you doing today? Yes. <laughs> I am long-haired Gary right now because of uh, quarantine stuff. Yeah. The, I, am. Uh, I am looking like Scott, like Scott Summers. I'm, I'm good. I'm going to go pluck one of my eyes out okay. to get the full Age of Apocalypse Gary, you know, steez. So it's just straight up copying my, me, who had an eye taken out against my will, and thus was so cool for it. Exactly. <laughs> I've earned and, my And also, I really want to use up some, some, some emergency room time uh, when I show up at the incredibly overcrowded hospital and I explain why I took my own eye out, just so I could make, <laughs> like, like you, you need a bed? Yeah. I took, I took my eye out. Wait, you took your eye out? Why? Oh, well, see, it all started when Legion went back in time. <laughs> and <decided that laughs> be the first time that a nurse is like you know what uh i'm gonna take you back to the waiting room now and yep. we're gonna move you down on the queue and you can just sit yeah. here for a while yeah we're gonna give you a bag with some ice in it and good luck on that eye you know when i was a kid and stop me if i've told the story before um but when i was a kid i decided to play a prank on my grandmother um and uh, one of the little gumball machines at the grocery store um instead of a gumball it popped out like a little plastic bouncy eye um mm-hmm. so i did the most obvious thing that a like a fucking fifth grader could do is like i poured ketchup all over my hand and put this bouncy <laughs> eye in my thing sure. and i came to my grandmother like pretending to cry i was like mama my eye and she freaked the fuck out and then as soon as she realized it was a prank she yelled at me <laughs> it was like yeah, what yeah. are you doing i am old you should not do this to old people <laughs> no 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 that, that that was horrible of you everyone oh yeah 100 percent horrible <laughs> yeah every everyone did did the right thing yeah, uh, freaking out if somebody did that to me now i'd still freak out i wouldn't like i'm so scared about people hurting themselves around me like i think i've talked about this to you before but something that is a really reliable huge anxiety spike for me is going to the zoo and watching people let their kids like get on their tiptoes and lean over like in ensconcements and like in cages and stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. shit drives me nuts like i i get so tense because i'm like oh that person's gonna fall I, i'm gonna watch a kid get eaten by a tiger today this fucking sucks. Like, all I want is John Wick. I do not want real violence ever. Yeah, so. yeah. I want cartoonish violence. And um, yeah. And speaking of cartoonish violence, uh, today it's going to be kind of a weird episode. We're finishing like the latter half of X Men Alpha One, and we're going to go through Generation Next Number One. Um, mm-hmm. So, Alpha Number One is like forty-four pages. It's double the length of a normal pocket, normal episode issue mm-hmm. whatever the fuck you call these things gary vocabulary <laughs> um so we decided to to break it up so we're gonna pick up on like page 28 um with uh one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse 
Yeah. And, and getting kind of the uh, interior, this is our first check-in on apocalypse. Yes. Uh, here where the boys are coming together. Um, sinister checking in on a character named abyss, uh, who was not a character before this, but eventually there is a mainline six, one, six version of him. I like abyss in this uh, comic and he's cool looking and he fights the X-Men. A little yeah. bit later. He's got kind of a blue um, mohawk thing happening. His his, his mm-hmm. outfit is mostly purple with like some yellow kind of Look how not ripped it. he is. He's, like he's he's he's, he's toned, dude. but he's, he's not Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's the last thin American. Like <laughs> the entire <laughs> go into, world. Going to one meeting every month. <laughs> yeah. It's a um but Sinister shows up. He's like, Are you amusing yourself? And the way he's amusing himself is pulling up little holographic pictures of his friends. Um, very yeah, I love it. I would probably you do this your... for like yeah. you know, my, people I know in real life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'd I'd Skype my friends. I'd Zoom call the other horsemen. I would put an Arlo camera in their bedroom without their permission. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So he's he's the the Scott Lobdell jokester archetype. So he's making a lot of Spider Man quips. Yeah. You know. Uh. And they're both shut down. They're quipping by uh the unfortunately named character Holocaust showing up who is Apocalypse's son and is a big jar of delicious looking Sunny D that walks like a man. Dude. And with like a floating skull thing happening, Mm -hmm. like a floating red skull. Super dope. Looking very cool here. Um, Yeah. Super ripped. So we're back on the super ripped uh, timeline. Um, And we are interrupted when Apocalypse shows up. Um, Yeah. And we have a full page spread of Apocalypse and ah, this design is okay. Like, it's yeah, yeah. it's abs on abs on abs. It's a. He's it's, very it's wide, humongously wide. His hands, his <laughs> weird four fingered hands are uh, like enormous. Um, but mm-hmm. like I feel like it's a pretty basic as far as like stylings go. Like he's got a little outline of a g string and some squares on his uh, thighs. But otherwise, it's just like here's some gloves. Like there's not a lot of not a lot of interest to this character design. Yeah. I like how wide his shoulders are in that he's essentially a Final Fantasy one character and that he's as wide as he is tall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the, him just being a little NES sprite is, is pretty funny in the next, in the immediate next page, he looks less like that. Yes. You know, but he is the widest of these boys. Mm-hmm. And also um, in the next page, uh, Abyss looks kind of a lot more beefy than he did previously. So it's true. <laughs> the, the, uh, yeah. And he's got more armor on. It's like you put on another shirt or something. <laughs> It's weird. Uh, that is that is exactly what happened. He's wearing armor now. Yeah, yeah. I guess uh, and he has more hair. And he's got a lot more hair. Man, this, this what comic happened? Book, this comic book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't tell you there was a quarantine between page twenty eight to twenty nine. <laughs> um, but he's basically gathering his troops. And he's like saying, like, now it is time for the final strike. Uh, basically, you know, the the humans to, to fight against the humans. Yeah. Um, they signed this treaty because they're idiots. And it is time for us now to go destroy them. Yeah. So we, we learned this uh, earlier in the issue where like the most of the humans have gone to the north part of North America and to Canada to get away from because Apocalypse runs America. Um, and he's negotiating with the human council to basically have a ceasefire. And now it's revealed that Apocalypse, like all of this was just bullshit. He was just wasting their time and he's going to annihilate them all anyway. Mm hmm. Um. Sinister pushes back, like saying, you know, hey, we don't actually want this genetic civil war. Like, this is going to claim people on both sides. You know, like, again, you know, again, he doesn't want to rule over nothing. Uh, and Apocalypse is like, hey, again, stay loyal to the cause. How dare you question me? You, you know, no, I'm not questioning. 
uh, and basically says it doesn't matter if everybody dies, the strong will survive, whether it's four or four billion. You know, it doesn't really matter as long as it is the the strongest survive, and they will form my army of tomorrow. Um, Sinister is obviously not on board with this. And specifically, like, it doesn't matter if four or four billion mutants to, to, to decide to, are, are alive at the end of this. Like, he doesn't, yes. it's, it's it's just about ruling over whatever is left. Uh, does He does not care about mutants versus humans. He just chose humans first. Well, they're weaker. Because it was easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're like, he, he's interested in the strong, and the mutants are stronger than, than humans. Yeah. Um, him and Holocaust, Holocaust start talking about their plans, um, and Sinister kind of fades out, and it's like, you know, he's... He's got to start scheming his on his own plan. He's got his own plans like that are laid down, and he's wondering how um, how much he can take from Apocalypse, basically, like how much information yes. he can steal. Yep, uh, and he's specifically been feeding information to two different agents who we cut over to, uh, and this is Wolverine and Jean Grey um, over in Europe trying to find the Human High Council, uh, and the guys who jumped them. These like escape from New York. Uh, yes humans a hundred percent accurate yeah 100 yeah yeah <laughs> very funny just um, a bunch of kurt russells out there <laughs> using their uh their gene scanners uh you know and they they show up and wolverine says take us to your leader and we get uh wolverine and gene gray in the human eye council yes. um which is takes place inside big ben with has a big broken clock face like kind of great of metaphors <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Um, and the human high council, there's actually two, uh, comics about this that we might do at the end. I think they're called, uh, nation X, um, or something like that, uh, that deal with these characters and like what the hero, other people were doing yes. during this. Uh, and this stuff is all kind of interesting to me, um, uh, partly because it includes, um, Emma Frost, who has had some kind of brain surgery. Yeah. We can see like her, her, part of her skull yeah. has been shaved and she, she has like all of these scars. Yeah. I guess it just happened. Yeah, <laughs> uh, like she she got up immediately from surgery. Um, uh, also, all of the humans are dressed in like this orange jumpsuit with purple like symbols on them. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, as you okay. do, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, sure. <laughs> like, do I get so these hand me downs, or do I get this tailor made? Like, when I show up at Big Ben mm-hmm. and knock on the door, like, am I going to have to wear somebody else's? Do I have to bring my own? Mm-hmm. Like, what's what's the situation? Where do it's you like wash a gym them? shirt? Yeah, you got to make your own. And then they they have a contract through Sintus. Yeah. Uh, to wash them all. Um, the leader of the human council is Moira McTaggart and she is married to Bolivar Trask and they, uh, they're the people who invented the Sentinels. And in this world, the Sentinels are actually trying to fight back against apocalypse. Um, there is still some bigotry there. They hate mutants, but the reason it's much more justified yeah. you know, now, cause there's actually a war. Um, they're, they've got some data for Mr. Sinister, Wolverine and Jean do. They're handing it over to the human council to be verified, um, giving Wolverine and Jean Grey some time to be alone with their various makeup effects on their character creation faces. <laughs> yep. um, <laughs> and, uh, notably they're a couple, uh, they, they start mm-hmm. doing a little makeout sesh. Uh, there's a, there's a panel here where, um, the handless Wolverine is like, got his arm around Jean Grey and his hair is just looks like it's mm-hmm. coming from every single angle of his face. Like, it's just like mm-hmm. a starburst of fur <laughs> going around. It's enormous he, and amazing. He actually looks like the, that advisor character for the Shia. That sure. weird little goblin yeah, yeah, that she yeah. keeps around. Mm-hmm. Like she looks like the Shiar advisor goblin to me. Uh, I'm with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but basically they're just, you know, hey, are we doing the right thing? Can we trust Sinister? And she, he's like, No, of course not. And she's like, Well, make sure, you know, you don't leave me. Like, you're you're my person. Never steal this world away. 
And he's like, I won't let anybody do that. So they're, yeah. they're very, very in love. Um, the, this comic and the Dr. X comic is going to deal with her de- you know, meeting Scott Summers and some, some kind of, you know, shakeups in that respect. Sure. Uh, we go back to Westchester where they're about to begin interrogating Bishop. Um, Gambit is lurking in the background during this. And as mm-hmm. soon as Rogue manages to touch Bishop, uh, a counterforce happens, and, which Nightcrawler says he's never seen anything like it. And I'm like, thank you, Nightcrawler, for that extremely good science <laughs> opinion. I appreciate that. Like, there's always this one of weird. these in the crowd, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you would take um, this dude to a football game and someone makes a fucking touchdown, and he's like, I've never seen anything like that. <laughs> Thanks, I'm going to start saying that to anything I do that's new. Right? Like, yeah. every time I see a band I've never seen, I've never, never seen heard anything that song like before. that. Yeah. Um, this is really dumb science wise. Uh, mm-hmm. What they're going to do is Magneto is going to use his magnetic field to buffer her contact with the stranger. So she like touches him less and it makes it, it sounds like she's like rules lawyering her superpowers. Yeah. In a way, like I'm like, man, I, I don't think that's how this has been shown to work. Um, but he gets this huge flash of the history that we know, um, of, you know, Charles Xavier forming the X-Men, the acolytes, brotherhood of evil mutants, all that stuff in these little shards of crystal. Um, including like really dark stuff. Um, you know, Xavier blasting his mind open and fatal attractions him being de-aged into a baby, uh, which happened, uh, all that stuff. And as soon as he sees all of this, he goes back to rogue and is like, look, you're going to think I'm crazy, but I saw you in this outfit. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm going to need you to find like some torn clothing and some twigs. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to get freaky tonight, girl. <laughs> this is this, uh, this hungry, like the wolf, uh, savage land outfit where she's hanging on him is there's no g-string here this is just a butt no that's just a butt that's just a little flappy yeah. flap yeah it's got absolutely. a little it's got a little like cloth hanging down you know to, to cover the crack but it's like a reverse plumber like only the butt crack top of the butt crack is covered but the the main butt the part with the the meat is fully on display yeah i think i have this on a trading card gary <laughs> <laughs> i bet you <laughs> do ridiculous um um, Gambit jumps in and is like, no, no, you got, you all have to stop this. Um, and they, they say that he moves so quickly, even Quicksilver is caught off guard. And I'm like, yeah, it's because Quicksilver was like not paying attention to what was happening at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if, if you put yourself in Quicksilver's shoes, like getting to watch your stepmom have a real rough time, sometimes that's nice, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Stepmoms aren't great. Uh, so he, he runs up and she's like, what did this madman do to you? And Bishop's still super angry. Like I showed him the truth. Um, they're going to, they're going to fight, uh, here and eventually Sabretooth grabs Gambit. They have a history, uh, you know, and Gambit just real mad. Like, how can you risk rogue like that? You know, he just calls her share. How can you risk putting share at risk like that? And it's like, I'm right here and I have a name. Yeah. Like you call everyone share. This doesn't help. Um, also, also and, just like colloquially, not how you would use share at all. No, no, no I don't <laughs> think so. Just, uh, well, there's a bunch of shares there. Um, but, uh, Quicksilver says like, no, no, no. Gambit didn't sneak in. Uh, Magneto summoned me. Yes. Yeah. Um, would you think Magneto could have told him how to find him and not yeah. just been like, you figure it out by talking to Angel? Well, I guess like maybe like, because I think he says later, like, I, I heard, I got word from the grapevine, like maybe that they're trying to keep things, you know, they're kind of trying to keep their opsec up, Gary. They're trying yeah, to keep their yeah. going on. Um, I guess that's true. I, I didn't think about the opsec. But uh, Magneto says he needs Gambit's skills. Um, and, uh, and, before we get to that, he sends Nightcrawler on a quest to go see his mother um, to find out more information based on the uh, visions that he was given of the real timeline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, um, 
that's Mystique still, right? Like that as of right yes. now, that's Mystique. Okay, that's what I thought. Yes, that's that's still Mystique. Okay. Um, and they're kind of getting a little bit of uh, you know, the backstory here on the the triangle between Magneto, Gambit, and Rogue. Uh, Magneto promised they would keep Rogue safe. You know, Gambit's like you have to do that. Um, Rogue is like you don't have to go uh, chase this Psycho Vision, and he's like, no, you know, maybe I do. Like Apocalypse should never have come into power. You know, we have to make these choices. I'm not going to betray Charles's vision. Yes. So again, in him, you know, wanting to let himself off the hook for his failure, but also, you know, he is very loyal to Charles Xavier. Bringing Charles Xavier back to life through this is basically the best thing he could do. Yeah. Um, also, kind of in casual conversation, they mentioned their son, which Gambit did not know about. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, uh, we cut really quickly to Apocalypse and, and Holocaust talking. Um, they mentioned that Sinister is missing. Yep. So they have to go find him. Uh, starting that betrayal arc, which is going to be uh, X-Man as where Sinister shows up. Um, and then the, uh, we go back to the X-Men where Magneto is about to give a speech. Yes. Um, to everybody. And yeah, Rogue mentions actually... that, um, Peter and, uh, Kitty and the rest are out there. Yep. We don't see this speech yet. Um, that's going to be kind of the first issues of these things where he kind of gives everybody their mission. Um, here, but basically, you know, he knows something's up, he knows something's wrong and he's intending to, uh, to fix it. Yeah. Um, our last page of this comic is, um, something coming from space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't know what it yep. is. It's vaguely crystals. I don't know. Faithfully and exorbitantly, there's a lot of, uh, adverbs. So like something yep. coming from space. Toward yep. Earth. Um, yeah. Uh, Yep, yep. So, and that's the it for this issue. Uh, this is going to be a rare two comics per issue episode, though, uh, because uh, we just had the end of that, and we had the very slight Generation Next number one. Um, yes. Which, uh, for me, this was cool at the time, because Generation X was one of the comics I was actually reading mm-hmm. at the time, so it kind of, you know, I wasn't reading all these comics at the time. I wasn't reading Cable, which turned into X-Man. I wasn't reading Wolverine Solo, uh, but I was reading Generation X, and I, it was the first X-Men comic I got in on the ground floor of so it's it's always had kind of like a weird kind of special place in my heart oh interesting after that yeah i got a soft spot for it. it's not great but i i've had a soft spot um i will say that this is where the art completely falls down for me um yeah it's time for a days of future cast showdown showdown i put 30 uh, seconds on the clock it's and and like it's just dark like, I think that's the main problem with it is like a lot of the panels, a lot of the action pages are just extremely dark and it's murky and it's hard to figure out what the fuck is happening. Um, mm. Not that any of it's bad. Like, I kind of enjoy this. Um, it's got a weird aggressive thing to it where everybody's trying to literally kill one another that I don't quite understand in this world. But um, yeah, so like, I guess let's get into it. Like, we can talk about the the cover, which is uh, shows all of our various folks we got magneto in the background um he's and behind him is mondo um we've yep. also got uh kitty pride uh we've got Paige guthrie aka husk uh we've got chamber we've got a colossus that is just fucking ripped up he's big boy he's big yep. boy um and in uh, the corner we've got uh know-it-all and i've already forgotten the other Vic- vicente vicente uh, there's also i want to draw attention to bonus turtle uh, this oh, under a Colossus. I love bonus turtle with the candy cane. There's a lot of yeah, candy they, canes in this. Now that I'm looking at it, what's going on with the candy canes? Yeah. I don't know what's up with bonus turtle and candy cane. 
uh, <laughs> there, but um, I like bonus turtle at the very dude, least. That turtle looks pissed. He's real mad, dude. He's the secret. He's he's the extra generation next. He's standing in for skin. Oh no, skin's there. Skin's in the shadow of uh, Colossus. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I see him. Um, so this is Chris Piccolo, uh, who you may remember from the uh, the world arc of New X Men. Um, but this is him in the nineties in which I think he has a lot more restraint. Um, I actually agree with you that it's too dark, uh, during this. I don't think that's a great art direction choice, but I actually like his style and the way he does kind of figures, uh, in this, like, it's nice that it looks, uh, not like Marvel house style. Yeah. I will, I will give you that. It does not look like the, the stuff that they normally put out. And when he does like still action scenes and like, sometimes they're very good. So like this opening uh, panel where you have chamber, like, I think this is great. Like this is a cool action pose. I yeah. can see exactly what he's doing. It looks cool and dramatic. Like I think Chris Bacallo is a good artist who gets away from himself a lot. Sure. Um, um, this introduces us to Jonathan with two, with three O's, which is, a, yep. which is, which is a choice. <laughs> Jonathan. Jonathan. Um, um, yeah. Jonathan Starsmore, AKA chamber, um, who mm-hmm. shoots energy blasts from his chest, essentially. Yes. Uh, and pretty different from the normal version of it, uh, chamber in the, um, this is one of the changes I think that makes a lot of sense, uh, here. Um, because in the normal version of chamber, he is this very brooding, uh, dark, you know, Johnny Depp, Edward Scissorhands type character because he has this huge hole in his chest and he just has this like big pile of energy where his, his chest would be. I've always liked that design a lot. Um, and you know, I like this character cause of the time I came to him here, something happened. I can't remember if they explain it later, but. He has this uh, control over it. He didn't lose half his face. Um, and he's much more goofy. Like in the actual arc, when I was reading Generation X, like he does get more uh, kind of open and cheerful as it goes on, as people kind of like get through to him. And here it's like, well, yeah, he just had a lot of trauma from losing half his face. What if he didn't? You know, maybe yeah. he'd be an all right guy. So. Um, which is interesting. Like, I think that's an interesting take on this character. Um, and he is definitely much more comedically kind of focused. Like he's got a lot of quips. Um, yeah. Right here he's like, I can sum up my powers in one word, power, psionic power. Okay. Two words. I meant two words. Yeah. Like yeah. That kind of thing. Um, Real Scott Lobdell, Spider-Man whipping. Sure. Yeah. Um, and he's in a fight with, um, I believe this is page or page is mm-hmm. going to be here pretty quickly. Uh, and they are literally trying to kill one another to train themselves to be better X-Men um, as, yes. as they are led by uh, Kitty and Colossus is what we're going to learn over the course of this issue. Yeah, that's the idea of this dark future is that uh, Generation X, which was a fairly lighthearted comic uh, with Banshee and Emma Frost, is actually under this, you know, this damaged version of Colossus and Kitty are way, way too harsh and kind of fascistic. Yeah. Um, and I, if I recall right, like, the end's real bad. Like Colossus is kind of a villain in the end of this, if I remember right. Um, you know, just driven by love for his sister and love for Kitty and is not a real good guy in this universe. Um, they do the thing. So they're being distracted by these monitors around. That's this AI thing called know it all who does the, it's called a distraction, uh, thing for the second time in this session. Um, so he gets distracted by Paige Guthrie who jumps on him. She is a flirt. Um, she's trying to kiss him. Uh, he knocks her away and they're kind of going back and forth. Um, this yeah. version of Paige is extremely confident. And again, that makes a lot of sense, right? Because Paige was not super confident because she had these gross powers where she, you know, she was a mutant and she tore off her skin. And now that she can kind of turn into everything, she's got more control over it and she is more confident. 
Hmm. Like, I think that the, the fascistic angle of this is not perfect. Um, I think it's a weird thing for Kitty Pride specifically just to turn into a psychopath. But the idea that these kids having this confidence and having more control over their power actually changes their personality from their original version is actually pretty good. Yeah, <clears throat> I dig it. Like, I like this a lot, yeah. like especially Paige being kind of playful and like, you know, you may call me self-absorbed, but I'm the sexiest, most self-absorbed woman you've met. Right. Like that kind yeah. of thing is. And it, 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 it strikes a good tone, too. Like, I don't think that it's like over the top is like. Mm-hmm. Like the rest, like it is over the top. Don't get me wrong, but like the flirtation is relatively low key throughout, and it's it's played off as cute. And I, I yeah, kind of yeah. dig it. Yeah, it's like six points over the top instead of ten points over the top. It, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this is interrupted when Mondo comes out of the ground and grabs both of them, and he screams at them that he is sick of risking his life while those two suck face, which yep. is which is very funny to me. Yep. Yep. Um, so Mondo again, uh, was always going to be a member of generation X and didn't really show up until very late in the actual comic in this version. He's here and he's, he talks like the Hulk for some reason. I think in the original version, he's just a Samoan guy. Um, (laughs) yeah, I don't, I don't know why they made him talk like the Hulk. What's that line Um, from Pulp Fiction? I don't know. I would call him to say he has a speech impediment. The dude's a Samoan. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, so they blast him. Uh, he hates psionic energy. Um, you know, Paige, uh, starts tearing off her hand to create a blade, uh, to hold it up to his throat. And, uh, they hear an egg timer and this like training, this version of the danger room pops up where they have to survive for three minutes. And then the teachers join to kind of put him in sudden death. Yes. And gigantic Colossus shows up and crushes Mondo. Uh, Colossus just looking, looking wild, Gary. Like, I don't even looking, know where to, know where to begin with this dude. He is, he's big. He's so big. Like his yeah. muscles have so many more muscles and it's looks like his knuckles have muscles on them. Like, how do you mm-hmm. even do that? Uh, got to work them shits out, dude. I guess so. I've not been working my muscles, my, my knuckles, dog. <laughs> my, my knuck mucks. Um, yeah. And yeah, they say that, I guess his brother is uh Holocaust. Or right? no, is Mikhail. Is Mikhail. Okay. Um, yeah. So, which is true in the real Marvel universe as well, but he's a weird villain who doesn't show up very often. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so the idea is they were Russia's greatest heroes together, but one of them joined Magneto. One of them joined Apocalypse. Yeah. Uh, uh, and he begins, and I like, as someone who hasn't read this in a very, very long time, I was like, well, all of this killing talk is probably like not real, right? Like this is a danger room exercise or or whatever. But like, no, he is like, I am going to kill you. And because you left all of these people alive, like you are like, if you didn't kill them, you deserve to be killed because that's. Otherwise, you're going to be weak and you're going to be sentimental and you're going to get yourself killed in this. Yeah, this is an extremely damaged Colossus. Yes. You know, and and uh, Chamber still has like a good attitude about it and stuff. But he's saying like basically like, you know, I generally like this whole thing, except for the teachers are psychopaths and they're trying to kill us. Like this is very um, like murder dome audition style mm-hmm. uh, kind of danger room stuff. Um, he tries to play it off like, hey, this was actually a pl- clever ruse so we could team up against you. He's like, no, no, you're weak and sentimental. You just don't want to hurt your friends, um, your dreamers. And at this point, Paige Guthrie has turned her hands into acid and pours it all over Cyclops's head or Colossus's head. Yes. Um, so again, showing granted greater control. Like that wasn't something a husk could really do. Yeah. Um, and, and I love this line about the, nothing more disgusting than the whiff of burning techno organic metal, because you know, I mean, metal burning by itself smells bad. So techno organic metal has to yeah. be even worse. Yeah. And add a Russian into it. Fuck, dude. Oof. 
Oof. <laughs> the, uh, Russian American. I mean, he got his citizenship. Leave it alone. Gary. Yeah, pro- I mean, pro- I mean, do you think they're still doing green cards? <laughs> if, 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 they, if they suspend them for no reason now. Yeah, you Apocalypse think, you is think definitely apocalypse not keeping, is keeping them. Around. Yeah, like. Um. So the uh, the you know, so they're they're, they're fighting him, and they think that's going to be it. But uh, coming out from his back, uh, who's been riding inside him, which is fucking weird, is uh, Kitty Pride. Um, who knocks Paige off and is a fucking psychopath. Um, there's a nice little nod, like she has Wolverine claws, like attached to her wrist. You know, because she was still presumably cha- trained by Wolverine uh, in this world. And she's out for fucking blood, yeah. uh, you know? And she's, I mean, so. she is slashing her ass off, uh, like, and yeah. just cutting Paige to pieces. And, like, you can see that Paige is, like, visibly cut. Um, and she starts to run away, and it's kind of a faint so that she can scrape more of her body off and use it as a knife, that, which she promptly jabs into Kitty's stomach. But, of course, Kitty is intangible and just immediately kicks her in the face. Mm-hmm. Um, and you think that this is going to be it. Like, and, and Colossus notices, he's like, oh, you know, um, something's happening to Kitty because he's not the pure, you know, objective character he makes out to be. Uh, you know, at this point, Chamber drops a tree on him uh, since he gets away and he looks over and Paige is about, or uh, Kitty probably is about to take it too far. Um, is about to stab Paige in the head, basically saying like, we're going to sacrifice the students and then everyone else is going to be, you know, in line. Like real fucking harsh, like Caesar's Legion type shit. This um, um, this when after Kitty's given her speech, uh, Paige says "Yar all heart," and I know yeah. this is supposed to be like some accent, you know. <laughs> yeah, but it sounds like Banshee. Yar all heart. Yar all yeah. heart. Like I just don't know. I've never seen Y A apostrophe R E before in my life. And no. I'm very weirded out about it. it. Like y'all is or something like that. Yeah. 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 Um. um so, She's about to kill her, but she gets stopped there uh, by skin who now is, has real creepy powers as well. Uh, instead of just being a guy with a bunch of loose skin, he's got all these weird, crazy distended, like venom tentacles almost. Yeah. Um, and they, they share a lot of like Spanish goofs back and forth, which <laughs> is very funny. Yeah. Um, and then Paige like kind of comes out of nowhere. And even though skin just, just saved her and helped her, uh, kind of betrays him so that she can win essentially. Yeah. And blast them both with something. Uh, I don't know exactly what she's doing. Yeah. It's a, a bio pattern shadow cat can't phase through. So presumably it's some sort of weird acid thing, I guess. Who cares? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this, this hurt, we hear shadow cat scream and Colossus loses his mind. Yeah. Um, just smashes chamber out of the way. Knew it all, which is their AI companion is trying to tell everyone time and chamber kind of explains, he's like, Hey, another session. We're all still alive. Like the idea is they try to kill each other. And ideally I think they would not be able to like, they would sure. try to for five minutes and not be able to, uh, but Colossus has, you know, lost it. He's going to go kill page, uh, for this. Um, but then Vicente pops up who I don't think has a regular Marvel universe. Uh, correspondent and he is a guy made of gas who has uh, started starts choking Colossus like tensions are high in this team yeah. things are bad and what a perfect time for Magneto to show up and put a stop to all of it and uh, yeah. Chamber who has been kind of narrating everything that's happening says you know some of those some of the kids haven't even seen him yet because he's so high up and so if Magneto is showing up to where the training is 
somebody somewhere is in trouble. Like there's a problem um, and they don't know what it is yet. Yeah. Um, Magneto takes them uh, to the castle uh, they live in um, and, uh, you know, explains to them basically like, Hey, you know, I gave you instructions. You're supposed to assemble these students and prepare them. And instead I find them and here's like, they're being prepared. You know, this is what you said. Don't undermine my authority here. Like I am preparing them. I'm just doing it my way. Again, this is a bad Colossus. Mm-hmm. Um, and he basically clues them in on Bishop. You know, yes. he says, this is the wrong world. World is fractured 20 years ago. Um, Charles died. He shouldn't have. Um, Nightcrawler and Gambit are finding the resources I can use to verify it. But I need you to give me the tools. Like if I, if it turns out he's correct and we need to fix it, I need a time traveling mutant. Yes. Or as they call them, chrono variant mutants or CVs, which I think yep. is very Res- funny. Resume. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how this played in, in, in across the, across <laughs> the pond, right? Um, yeah. And this AI, know it all starts doing a scan for all of the CVs. Um, and I, I, like, they just basically start going through all of them and most of them are dead or um, otherwise occupied or missing in action. Uh, but it turns out Peter thought his sister, Ileana, Ileana had been killed mm-hmm. in a, um, and the Kiev slaughter, but she was actually alive. Yep. Uh, she was left alive because she was too young that they did not think that she had a chance of gaining a mutant ability, but now it turns out she does. We got a Boshimoy, uh, and a Nyet. We get all the like Colossus Russian I love it. Uh, terms. And that is, that is setting up the, uh, what this mission is which is this team going into this, uh, you know, that world that, uh, this like basically where they have all the child miners from temple of doom. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, to try to rescue Ileana Rasput. Yep. With the likelihood of which is 0.000%. So it's gotta be, it is a suicide mission. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's their, their setup. All these comics have individual little like missions that contribute to the greater whole. And I think it's going to be interesting as we do this podcast, like we're going through a bunch of number ones and then we're going to go through like and kind of follow everything up. It's going to be a weird podcast progression, I think, but it's going to be fun Mm -hmm. to read through all of this stuff because it's exactly how I would have been reading it as a kid. Like I would be gobbling every single issue up as they, as they came out. Yeah. Um, And it's going to be really, really fun to to talk about each individual thing and kind of watch these story arcs and things. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited. I'm into it. Me too. It's, it's been the appropriate amount of time since I've read it, you know? Which is a which is a really cool thing. Like I am, uh, I don't remember a lot of the details outside of the uh, the main thrust. You know, I, I I know I know what these missions are. I do not remember the details. I did not remember Nightcrawler teleporting off Deadpool's head. Uh, so I'm I'm excited about all that shit. Um, and it's just it's just kind of fun. Like these, are, I think in this comic, at least initially, like it's real fun to find the really good, you know, the the good versions of the characters that make sense with how they've changed. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is Colossus uh, in around this time in the main universe. Colossus was also going through a huge crisis of faith. Um, you know, he did lose Ilyana to the legacy virus and it did cause him to lose hope and eventually kill himself to cure the legacy virus. He also joined Magneto for a while as an acolyte, um, you know, during this time. So this is this is in line with Colossus's character, like the idea of him not having anything to hold on to him becoming incredibly dark. Uh, makes sense. Yeah. So, and it's, you know, again, it's just always going back to like Charles Xavier is, it dies 20 years too early and how much the world has changed. (laughs) Like it's, it's insane. It's kind of crazy. Um, it's fun so far. I'm having a good time with it. So, uh, 
Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back in a couple of more days for... I've already forgotten what the next issue is. You can go to daysoffuturecast.com <laughs> we'll schedule for that. Um, go check out that. We really appreciate it. Um, you can also go to patreon.com slash stuckvtv if you want to donate us a couple of dollars. That money goes to extremely good causes like Our Pockets and also some charity, depending on what you buy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you can also leave reviews uh, on iTunes and various other services. We appreciate all of that. Yeah, all appreciated. We appreciate you and we'll see you next time. See you later, everybody. <laughs>